0: Welcome to the Mile High Five Podcast. My name is Carl Jensen, and I am here with my co-host, co-host,
1: Doug Cunnington. It's good to be here. We're in a special location. We're at a brewery, a small, do we call it like a microbrewery, Matt? Nano. Nano. Nano okay.
2: brewery.
1: So we're at a nano brewery. Home brewery. And we're with our friend, Matt Jevonese How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? doing awesome it is uh it's a cool spot i've spent a few hours in here brewing but yeah. carl it's kind of your your first time sitting down for a while right
0: yeah i've been uh running around all day we uh we we're very busy with some family shit going on so it's nice to sit down in this beautiful cooled garage and i think it needs to have some other name so it's a garage that's a brewery there should be some name for that i don't know i don't know what it should be but i'm not clever enough maybe after i've had some more beer i'll be able to come up with something but uh the the no car brewery or some shit like that. I don't know.
2: They uh they my friends want me to call it third car brewing because the third it's the third garage.
0: Yeah. Or um,
2: or or uh, I had I had an an idea for a name of a brewery, not this one, but I thought it'd be really funny if somebody called their brewery Jim's Auto Body because it's totally not like just just name it something, name it another business entirely, <laughs> just random, just a random like almost like a speakeasy, you know. Yep. Like a laundromat where you go, but it's like a it's actual bar.
0: So yeah, I've seen good. one's name like that. They call it the library or the schoolhouse. Yeah, and I right, guess the right. joke is, hey, honey, I'm going to the library. And right. then uh, you're actually going you're out to drink. Yeah. So, deceit. So,
1: that. so, we know Matt pretty well. And we have uh, spent a lot of hours drinking beer and stuff. And hmm. we're going to let you do a proper intro. I think Carl had something in mind. I'm not sure when the, the – is the – thing under your notebook coming into play or <laughs> it, do, can i just launch into it or what it, you,
0: I yeah don't know. it will come into play and what i was going to say i was thinking about this interview before today on the way over here actually uh, No, right before i left or else i wouldn't have had time to bring my clever prop and the thing i thought of with matt is i think i first saw you the first time was a fincon a long time ago you're doing your rap on stage with that other i don't remember what her name was i'm sure actually yeah, yeah and it was really good and then you had that hashtag hustle thing which is really like who the hell is this guy and then you keep on you kept on coming up in my life because we have a pool and every time i google a pool problem you come up i'm like oh shit there's matt again which i find hilarious it's funny when these different worlds of your life collide Mm -hmm. but i don't think i know you very deeply so matt are are you ready for a a deep a deep probing yes wow i didn't think he'd be so enthusiastic yeah, yeah. I'll spread them
2: open.
0: So if if you're listening to this and not watching on YouTube, I just put on a massive latex glove, which apparently Matt is receptive to. I, I mean, have a
2: ton of keg lube that we can use just to, you know.
0: <laughs> okay, usually the podcast takes a little bit longer than this to go on hell. But, oh, okay. But Sorry. there you have it, uh, two minutes into it. But I guess the thing I wanted to ask Matt is, and just to back up another second, is you're a very eclectic individual. You've done all this music stuff. I've mm-hmm. watched your your pool rep video like 10 times and not because I want to learn anything just because sure. it's freaking entertaining. Like you wrote that thing and you produced it, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's amazing. Have you watched that thing, Doug? I said it to you earlier today.
1: I have. Yeah. I've checked that out.
0: Yeah. It's really, really good. But then you code, you've got a brewery here. Like, uh, do you make rockets too in your basement? Like, uh,
2: <sighs> no, I'm not handy by any, like I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not really good with my okay. hands.
0: So I guess my question for you is your background. Did you go to college? No, or okay I did not. Do you know, I was thinking about what the answer to that would be, and I thought that would, would be think- the answer. Like I thought it would be no. I thought you were too okay. smart to go to college. Actually. See, I was
2: too dumb to go to college.
0: No, well, why do you say that?
2: Uh well, in high school, I graduated with this by the skin of my teeth. Like C student. <laughs> like C student. The uh the classes that I failed in high school were Uh, English and graphic design, ironically, (laughs) which are the two things that like, basically pay, like earn me a living nowadays. Um, and then like when I first got into high school, I was in like, you know, I think, you know, they have like, like, um, a, what's an AP, right. Advanced placement. But then like, what's the one below that? Honors. The one below honors. Regular and then remedial. Correct. So <laughs> okay. I started high school in remedial classes, like the whole first year, my whole freshman year. Um, and then was able, and then like, they were like, Oh, you're kind of smart. You know, like, or, I guess you don't like, so I kind of moved up and I think because my guidance counselor in uh, middle school was just like, you're dumb, you go here, you know? And it's like, uh, all right. And I didn't know any better. Um, and then I graduated barely and then I went to a community college for two weeks twice. So I went the first two weeks, and I dropped out because I hated it, and I just stopped going, and my dad wanted to kill me because he was paying for it. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I should try again. So I tried again the following semester with my own money this time, and I dropped out again two weeks later. Thankfully, got my money back the second time. But, yeah, I, I college um, – wasn't for me because I pissed off a couple of teachers just being a clown. And, you know, it works in high school. It doesn't really <laughs> work in college, So Oh, well.
0: So what did you do? What was your first business? I know. Did you do the pool stuff in high school? Is that how you I was in? That?
2: Yeah. Well, when I was 13. That was my fir- summer, first summer job ever. Okay. And I did that for um, pretty much until I was 25. Okay. You know, that was like I worked in the pool industry, like at retail stores, um, you know, testing water, stocking shelves. And I did that. That's And that's the other reason why like college was never fun for me. Cause it was like, well, when I'm done school, I have to go to work. Like I always had to go to work either after high school was over or after college day was over. And I'm like, why am I going to school? When I'm like, I already have a job. <laughs> like I've been working this whole time. So, and I, and I kept moving up in those companies because like, I'm a, I, at least I pride myself in being a loyal, hardworking employee and that's just who, who I was and I had a good work ethic. So yeah, that was what I did. And then I started Sub university in 2006 technically or 2004 depends on, mm-hmm. uh, I bought the domain name in 2004, sat on it for a year, lost it, had to rebuy it back. And then, you know, eventually like started like a lot of procrastination on that, um,
1: Before you go on, we jumped in, and people may think that you own a brewery, but what what do you do, and who are you, and what is Swim University? Because we're jumping in the middle of a story. You're
2: diving in to the pool (laughs) but we without 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 a life vest. Let's lay
1: a little foundation.
2: Uh, Okay, so I mean, like, just what I do now, currently, like, my thing. Okay. I run a website where I teach people how to take care of their pools and spas called Swim University, which is how... You know, the world's collided there. You own a, a pool, you start looking stuff up. There's my stupid face on a YouTube video that's like, here's how to shock your pool. Um, that is how I make my living and how I've made my living since like full time since 2011. Um, before that, I had the site, but it, I I was doing, um, you know, I worked in the industry as a marketing director, um, you know, for like a, a pretty large pool company company. But yeah, I eventually started Swimming University in 2006 and was able to tackle it full-time in 2011. And that's, that's what I do. Okay. Perfect. If that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yes. And we're sitting in the third bay of a garage, which has been converted into a home brewery. Yes. So you're not selling any beer here so the no. uh, ATF doesn't no, need to come I, ch- check it out or whatever. I drink it all.
2: I drink yeah. it all.
1: And we help. We you, help if you help. need it. Yeah. So, Okay. So we got a little bit of an intro and I I took you off your train of a series of questions there. Okay. So you started swim university in 2006, Mm -hmm. took a few years before you were doing it full time. Yeah. How did the like interest to actually start the website come about?
2: Oh, so, uh, I was in, you know, I was in the industry. So like I knew the expertise, I was very knowledgeable in swimming pool care, um, but uh, I was also in a rock band, which is like where the music stuff comes from. Um, well, the music stuff comes from me being born and my dad being a musician and you know owning a recording studio as a kid. But uh, then I we were I was in an original band. We were like trying to become stars, like rock stars, trying to tour all that stuff. And we needed a website. So this was this was pre Facebook. So it was like and almost pre-MySpace, I think, we needed a website and no one knew how to design one. And uh, we couldn't afford to hire a designer. So I, in the pool industry, when I worked in the store in the Northeast, so I'm from Jersey, um, you have a lot of downtime in the wintertime because who the hell is coming in the shop for pools? But we did sell like spa chemicals. So like, I had a lot of downtime just like kind of keeping the store running. And so I took that time and learned HTML and CSS and learned how to like design websites for specifically for my band. And then it got, then I, I was caught by my boss, you know, like not working on the site, but like looking at it, you know, on different computers that, you know, just kind of like tested. This is like, you know, internet explorer, like, you know, before Firefox and that kind of thing. So I, I was, and he saw, he saw the site like in the history and was like, whose site is this? And it's my site, you know, and he loved me. So it wasn't like I was like in trouble. He was like, you know, you should be looking at this. I'm like, yeah. He goes, did you make this? And I'm like, yes, I made it. He's like, okay. And like left. And then like a week later, uh, contacted me to do the website for the company. And that's sort of what led into me eventually going, well, maybe website design is my new, my new like career, So I ended up leaving the pool company for six months and worked for a like a legit full on suit and tie. I don't know why suit and tie at the time, but like suit and tie website design firm and worked there for six months before my boss called me back and was like, you're going to work here. I'm going to pay you this much money. You're going to work in corporate and you're going to do like all our marketing for like, you know, signage, TV ads, radio ads, newspaper ads. Yellow page in his magazines, website, all that. So I went back, worked for him in corporate, doing um, that all that work uh, for for four retail stores, and I actually helped uh, start and open the fourth retail store. Um, and then I ended up uh, getting fired from that job because uh, my boss found out about some university. And thought it was a conflict of interest. Even though I never worked on it at work, it was always something I did when I went home. I'm not a thief by any means. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like again, super loyal. Don't want to piss anybody off. But he thought it was a conflict of interest. And I actually had another job already lined up. So I just went and worked at that other job for mm-hmm. two years. Uh, it was a restoration company, but doing the same thing, like full marketing director, and then was able, and then got laid off and took that as an opportunity as a, as a small business loan to start like to basically go head first in swim university and make that a thing like a full-time thing. So I took a year of collecting unemployment, sold my condo or rented out my condo, sold my car, moved in with my younger brother and just like cut my expenses and just worked every single day. It's when I made the rap video. It's when I did all that stuff. So, um, and it took two years and I was doing client work on the side, you know, designing websites for other people to kind of like supplement what I wasn't making at swim university or what unemployment couldn't cover. Um, and then once unemployment ran out, ran out, it was like, all right, it's it's on. I have to make this work, and that's what happened. That is that answer? Did I go too far? <laughs> no, I oh, love okay, right.
1: I love uh, interviewing you because I could ask a simple question and then, and you then, you then take a break. <laughs> yeah.
2: <you know. laughs>
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed that video. I've probably pulled it up ten yeah. or twenty times. I've I he actually showed it to my kid today, and I had to watch it first. I knew you talk about pool pucks in there. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't remember if you were trying to rhyme anything with pucks, but it turns out it was clean. No, it
2: was a clean, it's a clean. It's yeah. clean video. Yes, so I was
0: able to show my kids, yeah. and, and they're like, "That's the guy who was in our backyard last year." I'm like, "Yeah, that's yeah. him." It's. The pool guy. So, yeah. yeah We've been wearing the
2: exact same thing from that video, too. <laughs> yes, you have that shirt on. That's yeah. right. It's not the that, same one. Okay. But yeah. It's a good look. It's yeah. a, yeah, it's a sticky's work shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll put a link to that video on the show notes. How long did that take? Just, study? oh, so answer. that What's
2: took, that? it's a good question because I actually know. Um, writing the, the hook, like the, the beat, like the actual song itself, I kind of did it. I kind of had the beat cause I was always writing music, like mm-hmm. just kind of on my, on the side. I was always just, you know, a lot of rap stuff, but like, I'm not really into rap as a person, but like I, I liked, I liked the, the, the construction of, of beats and stuff. So I had that one. I really liked it and it was being made for what I thought would be a pool rap. Um, and then I finally put it all together. The video took two days, start to finish, <laughs> Uh, filming, editing, everything. And I had to do it over one weekend because I rented a, a glide cam kind of like steady cam thing. It was like 200 bucks. And I just got my friend. We went out to my friend's pool, shot the whole thing. So I shot it on a Saturday, edited it on a Sunday, launched it on a Monday. So, and that was, uh, but the song took like a month or two because not that I was working on it for that entire amount of time, but I had to find a singer. So I went on, facebook and just asked like my friends like do you know anybody that like, can sing and some uh girl from my high school's like brother's girlfriend like came over to do it so yeah and she's the one that's in the video okay yeah
0: yeah that's awesome you're probably the only person in the world who might be able to run a successful internet entrepreneur company or like write and produce and perform your own rap album like your, your yeah. stuff is catchy have yeah. you ever thought about writing an album uh, or done anything like that? like Even for a-
2: real yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm.
2: Uh, well, I, tr- like I said, I tried to be a rock star at some point. Like I tried the tour, I tried to get signed. I, you know, I was writing, I do have like earnest, uh, uh, albums that are more in the pop punk pop rock sort of genre. It's like uh, Taylor Swift. Kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like Taylor Swift, uh, more, I would, I, you know, it was, I always said it was like kind of like sugar cold, Jimmy Eat world kind of Hoobastank vibes, you know? Um, yeah. And rap was something I did as a joke in high school. Uh, friends of mine came out with a with a song. They had a single that they made, and they were like, they had the, they would burn the CD, they wore it around their neck like on a chain. Uh, they were like in high school, like distributing it for a dollar a CD. And I, the friends with these people, and I thought, and this is like during the time where it was like the East Coast, West Coast, like Detroit. Uh, like you know the, the the rap battles, so I thought it'd be hilarious to come out with a song that dissed them as people, <laughs> like just hard. So I one night I just like learned how to use this like program. It was called Sonic Foundry, I think it was, and I learned how to make a beat. And I rapped like in a crappy microphone, <laughs> like that you know the, the little thin pencil mic that came with the old you know Gateway computers, and like brought the CD brought the CD in the school the next day. And it like blew up. Like the whole school was talking about it. And then, like, then my friends and I all got together and made an album in one night just freestyle. It just, it's terrible. It's absolutely garbage. But we did like, it, we thought it was funny to have a whole album where they only had one song. Um, those guys hated me, like, just were super mad at me. And I was like, no, I thought it was just, like, because their stuff was funny, you know, it was yeah. a funny rap. It wasn't like, you know, serious. So I thought, we're doing two funny raps, but now like I kind of expected them to come back and like hit us, but they were just really upset and and thought like that's not cool that you did that. We're trying to be serious with our rap and I'm like, "Oh, I thought you were doing it as a joke because it's funny." <laughs> Whoops. You crushed Whoops. their dreams. I crushed their Yeah, I had to like I the guy had to talk to me. He's like, "Dude, I really want to make a living doing this." I'm like, "Oh, boy I messed up I'm sorry and I really like <laughs> felt terrible like honestly so um so that's where I had this like so I knew how to like do this kind of music and I kind of did it on the side just for fun you know for my friends and I thought Sigh. what's a good way to like you know get some university out there uh, that was something like different and this is where I came up with the idea of like passion mashing so taking two things that I'm good at mm. and sort of like mixing them and seeing like, what comes out of that, you know? And it was like, no one's going to do a pool, a rap song about taking care of your pool. Like it's never been done before. Uh, it's stupid, but it ends up being good and catchy. And then people are like, Oh, I really thought that was going to be terrible. Cause it's just the idea of it sounds <laughs> awful. And then when you listen to it, you're, it's kind of stuck in your head. And yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that's where it all started. That's where it came from. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: for, the I guess the scope of how successful Swim University is. Yeah. Can you share uh, like t- traffic stats, earnings, yep. some other like m- maybe evaluation? If you had to guess how much it's worth.
2: <sighs> um. So traffic, it's obviously a seasonal business. So like you know May June we're getting like a million visitors a month, and then in the slowest time we're getting like in like January February two hundred fifty thousand. So I average that to be like. Four hundred to five hundred thousand unique visitors a month, um, and last year we broke half a million in in revenue. This year we'll probably do about six hundred, six fifty, okay, in, in revenue. So,
0: and what is your source of revenue?
2: Uh, we ha- so it's affiliate stuff with Amazon and one other e-commerce company, uh, and then we sell courses.
0: Oh, that explains your – I think you had a video called Fuck Amazon or something like that. Yeah, because they uh,
2: – in 2020, they cut my commissions by 50%. So oh. I lost 50% of my revenue in that in that one revenue stream and then was able to, like, make up for it with, with our own product sales. Okay, And so now that's kind of, like, where all our bread and butter is, is in, like, our – educational products or digital educational products.
0: Okay. Do you have, I don't recall seeing any ads on your YouTube videos. Do you do YouTube advertising? Um, like, a you mean pre- like, do
2: we have like the monetization turned on? Yeah. Like the
0: pre-roll. Ad? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah.
2: See. So uh, if you want that, shoot, I don't know that. Do I know the number? Yeah. So I think last year for context, just turning on monetization on YouTube for semi University videos was like thirty-five thousand okay. dollars for the year. I think this year we'll do c- closer to fifty thousand. And then last year we had we ran ads for our own product, like in the video. And so, the, uh, all in total, because of YouTube, we made about eighty grand from YouTube. This year we'll do more. Cool. Yeah. So we'll do I think a little over a hundred. Okay. Just from YouTube.
1: And then how many YouTube subscribers do you have to the SwimU channel?
2: Today, we have a little over 93,000 uh, officially becoming the largest pool maintenance YouTube channel, like today. Um, by the end of July, we'll hit 100,000 subscribers and we'll get our nice plaque in about six weeks after that. That's, That's cool. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Is yeah. So YouTube is your main... Business, right? You don't have anything. Swim University is YouTube based, right? Oh uh, no, it's
2: it's the website is where most okay. of it comes
0: from. That's funny. I don't even know about the website. I've seen oh, yeah. all your videos, but okay, There's Yeah, a it's, it's
2: too. mo Yeah, it's a website that gets a ton of traffic, and that's what I've had for the longest time. YouTube was always like we kind of dabbled in it. I, I dabbled in it since 2013. Didn't really take it seriously, although I should have. Uh, and then. I, it's always kind of been this like bug in me. That's like, I, we definitely need like a consistent YouTube channel, but I'm not a very consistent producer of content. Um, I like to do things in sprints and like, in big hairy goals, like a rap, you know, video or something. Uh, but, uh, Steph, who is my life partner and business partner, she has been consistently publishing videos on Swim university for the last two and a half years. Uh, so every week we have a new video, they're fully animated. She does the scripting. I do the voiceover. So I, I do the, I read the scripts and then she animates them. And yeah, that's what, that's what got the channel from like, I think we started with like 20,000 subscribers and in like two years now over a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Pretty awesome. We'll be over a hundred.
1: And then for, for the people that aren't familiar with this business model, the yeah. margins are really high because oh, yeah, very 90%. low expense. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay, so ninety percent people can do the math. So the rough valuation of the Swim University business—if you had to guess—so
2: what is it? Isn't it monthly revenue times thirty-six? We have that'll get you ballpark. So yeah.
1: you could also take the uh, annual revenue
2: and multiply it by. Three. <laughs> uh, so then it would be like, let's just take, yeah, it's about 1.5 million.
1: Okay. Now. So just so people have a good understanding of like the, yeah. the small, the small little business is generating like huge amount of cash. Yeah. If you sold it potential, I mean, that's a conservative estimate. That I is would conservative
2: because we have an email list of that's, that's large and segmented. So like we have a huge list of pool owners around the world. Um, you know, we're, we're, we do have these products that are assets as well. We have, um, YouTube channel, YouTube channel. It's a huge (laughs) asset. Yeah. Uh, and we're even kind of, we're going to try a third revenue stream in 2022, um, to see if we can even like bump up our valuation, but, um, and just like solidify ourselves in the industry a little bit more, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, it's the whole thing. It's, I've been doing it Yeah, I mean, that's it. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I've got a two-part follow-up question. Have you ever had anyone offer to buy it? So that's part one and number two is, I can see like, uh, so I actually have a pool and these pool companies send you crap like all the time, probably every week or two, I get some catalog in the mail out of pool stuff. I can see them. Do they harass you for partnerships? Have you ever been approached by them? Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, So the university was almost bought twice. Um, And this is like, and it could have been bought three times when in the early, early days of swim university, I got a offer from an e-commerce company and I had to think on it and I ended up not doing it. Um, and I had met them in, in Las Vegas. I had another e-commerce company fly me out to California. Uh, not, I didn't know that they were pitching me. Um, I just, they just, they were just like, hey, we want to hang out with you. And I was like, okay. So they kind of made it like, we're, we're buds, right? I'm like, yeah, of course we're buds. So I got flown to California for the first time in my life. I've never been on a flight that long, ever. Um, and I was there for one full day. And they were basically pitching me to work for the company. And I really considered it. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually work for this company. And I'm going to... Um, be like their content producers. I was going to do their blog and their videos. And I, and I was going to move to California because I wanted to move away from Jersey. I just, I kind of wanted to move to Colorado, but I was like, no, California is also pretty great. Um, and it was Northern California. It was like above Sacramento, uh, Rockland, I believe was the name of the town. Uh, so I came when I, when I got back home, they had asked me what I wanted as a like for money. And I told them I want a hundred thousand dollars and they were like, Oh, Oh no. Like we'll give you 40. And I was like, but I make more than that now on my own site. And then they wanted to buy some university for $3,000. They
1: had, they were just clueless, huh? $40,000 in California. Like,
2: yeah. You can't- yeah. I was making, I had, I had made more than that for like six years prior to them asking like, as a I was making like 60 grand when I was, you know, 21, you know, a year. So like I, I I'm like, no. <laughs> like, and I was making, and at that time I I didn't have a job. Like I was swimming university plus my uh and I wasn't I, this was one unemployment right now. So it was like it was swimming university plus like client work. I was that's how I was like living. So I was like making maybe making like 20 grand on client work, 40 grand on swim university and they I'm like, "Well, I make more than that now and I don't have to have a boss and yeah. you know. They would are going to pay for my move and everything. Thank you. But no, I, and I turned that down and I'm like, "Oh man, dodged a bullet because the next month they got sold. Everyone had to move to Phoenix. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, thank God. I did not want to move to Arizona." So, Uh, yeah, so it's been, it's, yeah, it's, it's now I haven't, I haven't been asked in a minute. Like it's been a while since I've been asked, um, or pitched, I think because now it's sort of like, it's bigger. So it's, it's, everyone knows it's more expensive, but, um, yeah, and it kind of operates in its own little section of the industry. So (laughs) yeah, got it.
1: Did you have another question, Carl? Yeah. That th- was the
2: two, right?
0: Yeah, I think that might be it. Um yeah, I'm kinda surprised if any of these places had any brains like it. It always amuses me. They're sending this big lump of paper out. They could be probably be much more effective by leveraging you and uh yes. <laughs> the internet to try to. Yeah, you know what? Themselves. I am
2: actually also surprised that I haven't been approached more often um for that. But yeah. I'm glad I haven't, personally.
1: <laughs> Would you Would you consider running like paid ads in your newsletter or something like that?
2: I did for um, three years. I did like, I sold advertising specifically in the email newsletter. The problem uh, I ran into, and it may not be the same problem today. The problem I ran into a cup, a few years ago was like a lot of the pool companies weren't advertising direct to consumer. So The relevancy of the ads, like it was me pulling teeth with these companies. Um, Nowadays, there's tons of pool companies that are like super, that are much smaller that advertise direct to pool owners. So I think if I were to do it nowadays, uh, I would have a much easier time doing it. But I, we're very small. It's me, Steph, and one other person. And I like it that way. It's not, it didn't used to be that way I used to have multiple employees but um I ca- I scaled back because I was like well we need to focus on the things that are like really really working that was working you could argue it made decent money but the amount of manpower it took to manage and sell those spaces and then it's a never-ending cycle mm-hmm. it's like you never you can't you either when you stop doing that it dries up whereas if if all three of us stopped working swimming diversity could coast out and make money for the next like five to 10 years, you know, without any upkeep, I mean, it would, it would be less and less every year. But, um, I think with, you know, having the YouTube channel and the assets that are kind of online, Mm -hmm. we can coast. So we don't, you know, we work hard, but like not that hard.
0: Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of value in that. I was, I was thinking about someone yesterday actually had a conversation and this person owns like thousands of doors in real estate and he in his thirties and he's trying to buy more. He's on airplanes trying to find more. I'm like, I don't know. Like he, it's
2: a lot. Yeah. yeah a yeah. lot of like mental energy and a lot of, um, yeah. And that's been like, I, I used to be very, you know, proactive like that. I wanted to like have a multiple businesses, <laughs> multiple like revenue streams and, you get really like r- ambitious in the beginning. And then nowadays I'm like, Oh, I have this. Like, I'd rather just be here and I rather yeah. drink. And it's like, Oh, if I have to like constantly have all these emails coming in or I don't know. It's just like, it's just all of that stuff starts to pile up yeah. you know, and it becomes like this mental energy that you have to like, that is taxing. That's, you know, and now it's like, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I really, I, yeah, I can really not do anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, drinking beer and having fun you want to take a quick break and do a refill i don't yeah, know we can do okay that. here's a quick word from our sponsor economy this is the economy conference and it's actually spelled in a clever way that's e c o n o m e i can't spell out loud very well so i had to read that carefully the cool thing about the economy conference is you could hang out with us we're going to be there or at least carl is definitely going to be there Carl is going to speak at Economy 2021. This is going to take place on November 13th and 14th of 2021. It looks like it is a very fun time. I I didn't go last year, but here's a quote from someone that did attend last year. Economy provides dynamic speakers on financial independence, as well as networking opportunities to link you with the folks with similar interests. It's like reading and listening to a month's worth of podcast and blog posts all in one day. So it sounds like a lot of fun. There are many, many well-known speakers. You should check out the lineup and you can use the coupon code 1500 to get a 10% discount. There's all this information in the show notes so you could just check it out. And this conference is put on by Diana Merriam and she's going to be a uh, a guest on an upcoming show, so it's actually coming up uh, next episode. So we're we're happy to help out Diana, and you should check out Economy. So save that ten percent coupon code fifteen hundred, and let's get back to the show. Okay, so we're back from uh, mm. filling up, getting some other beer, and I'll just talk about this New England IPA. It's, oh yeah, it's awesome. As soon as I Thank poured you. it. it it jumps out of you the glass. Smell. Yeah, you smell. yeah, yeah.
2: It's so fresh. So, so uh, nice, if nice I done. if I burp, and Steph is in anywhere in the vicinity, she's like, "Holy shit, I can smell that." I'm downwind from you, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh wow, that's a good sign." Yeah. It, well, there's I shouldn't burp in her face, but yeah, and I don't. There's worse burp smells than hops. So then, then pineapple. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So. We're talking websites, and I'm going to ask you what someone could do these days if they're thinking, hey, I do have some skill. I want to start a website. Mm-hmm. And I'll also like bake into the question. You started Swim University a long time ago, yeah. I mean, 15 years ago. Yeah. So you know, the things that you did then are probably not going to work the same way now. I
2: wouldn't do those things.
1: So yeah, yeah what, what would you tell someone if they're thinking, hey, I'm pretty interested in uh homebrewing beer. Okay. What might I do to get started? I'm not necessarily tied to a, uh, like a website and content, maybe podcast, maybe it's YouTube. Yeah. Cause you have, you have experience in all three of those. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll leave it open. Okay. What, what could someone do? What would you advise them?
2: Um, well, okay. Two things. One, have a monetization plan before you start. So know how you're going to make money. And two, expected to take 4 years at a minimum. Um and for me it took 7, so I I say like conservatively 4, you can do it faster than that. I've seen people do it faster than that. I've done it faster than that, but um I didn't do it the first time around faster than that. I had I experienced it and I'm like, "All right, let me see if I can replicate this faster." Um expect to supplement it for a long time so like i you know i had some diversity for years and it didn't make any money and then i was doing stuff on the side and then like it was like a slow transition from you know working a day job having this thing that i came home like it was it sucked because you you go out you, i worked all day in the pool industry doing marketing and then i would come home and have to like do more pool marketing so it's like it was like 24-7 for years. Um and I didn't work on it as hard as I should have in the beginning. So it there so one, know your monet know how you're gonna monetize. That could be uh I, I could tell you that the easiest thing you could do is like digital products. Like I <laughs> I wish I had done that sooner, um, because there is Basically, no overhead besides like whatever, you know, delivery system you pay for per month. Like, I use Podia. Um, there's a million of those, like, course platforms out there. Uh, it could be ebooks, whatever, um, you know, courses, doesn't matter. Uh, affiliate marketing, unfortunately, like, you can make a lot of money in, in affiliate marketing, but I. It's not going to be as, it's not going to be as like lucrative in the beginning as you want it to. I feel like affiliate marketing, just like, uh, advertising, like, um, takes just a lot of traffic. And so you're going to be spending a lot of time earning traffic and, and before you start to make like serious money, like, like quittable money, you know, um, where you could essentially have not a lot of traffic or not, you know, however medium you choose. And sell your own product and have a a lot greater, like, less sales, but you'll make more dollars. Um, So, just know what you're interested in. And I would say, like, lean in on your skill set because I am a terrible salesperson. Like, I am – I've never been good at it. I'm not a good closer. So, like, when I was selling advertising, I was very bad bad at it and – I didn't like it, but I was, what I was really good at was, um, video, but in the beginning I spent all my time writing. So, and then, so like what I should have done was video first writing second. And instead I did the opposite, which is, I think why it took me seven years. Um, so lean in on your current strength or strengths, plural, um, and and gravitate that way. If you don't know, like I'll say, like podcasting for us. Um, so I, I think YouTube is honestly like one of the best ways to go. But if you think you're going to make money on the ads, like just mon- no, that's not going to. You need to have an additional product. Like I said, like we have almost a hundred thousand subscribers, which is a crap ton, and we just broke a hundred thousand in, in like revenue. So not, not, you know, forget all the overhead. So like maybe 80,000, right? And if you're just one person, that's a great living, but that we have a hundred thousand, you know, it's a lot of work mm-hmm. uh, to get there. We, I I think we have like 150 videos or something like that. Um, so multiple years, uh, I could say like, you can do things a little faster with a website, but I would have certainly have like a monetization strategy in place before that. Podcasting is the I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've done tiny little podcasts and I've done massively huge podcast and both of them did not make any money. So right. I, I, I am like over <laughs> two in, in podcast earnings.
1: Um, Let me interrupt yeah. you here. Cause I want to ask you about some things you already said and yeah, yeah, yeah. Impress you on some of it because mm-hmm. you make it sound easy. You've been doing it for a while. You just said you're a video guy. So of course yeah. you're saying, Hey, do courses are easy. You obviously you have the equipment, you have the editing experience. I didn't say it was
2: easy. I just said, I just said like digital products, you'll earn more. And
1: you said start off doing digital products. And I'm like, how the fuck are you going to sell anything if you have no audience? So, there's a, there's a couple, there's a couple major hurdles with just starting with digital products. So one is if no one, or if a person has not done any say video or they haven't created any material or a digital product, they may think, well, that's really hard. And then let's say they do create it. Then they don't know who to 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 sell it to. So there's a whole, I mean, we'll back into it, but I just want to there's listeners out there thinking, oh, yeah, sounds easy. And then when they sit down, they're like, I don't know what to do. So do you have any advice for people that maybe don't know video yet? Maybe they've never done a digital product and they have no audience.
2: What do you do? What does this person hypothetical person do? Like, what's a strength?
1: Let's say they're a software developer and they oh. make uh, six figures. They're a smart person. I'm describing Car- carl and myself we had software backgrounds yeah. there's a lot of people in our audience have like you guys
2: that. ever made software before like on your own for your own like sales yeah uh
0: yeah uh, apps for the iphone
2: you have yeah have you sold them
0: um you know i never sold them i just gave them away but i did sell my service like people paid me to make the apps make okay yeah
2: so th- so okay um then here's what i'll say Cause I didn't, I, you know, I guess I kind of took this route as like a, as like a backup and I'll, and here's what I'll do. I think this is the best way to do it. Decide on an asset and a service, right? You are skilled at one thing, you know, whether it's software or whatever, let's say it's software in this case, since you guys both come from that world. Okay. Um, and you work for a software company. So like, this is a side business. So what I would do in your case is like, that's my skill set. It's code. It's not writing. It's not video. It's not all that stuff. Um, you would have two businesses. Essentially you'd have your service business, which is like, you know, helping people design stuff or being a consultant to help them like build their own apps. But meanwhile, you had a side, I'm developing my own app. That's going to make money. And that's your asset. That's the thing that's going to take four years. The service side is going to take hopefully um, like immediately. Yeah, Yeah. Weeks. And you'll start making money and that thing just kind of like fuels this other thing, and then you get you know you kind of go and go and go, and eventually, hopefully, if your monetization strategy is correct or is or is lucrative, I should say, not correct, lucrative, then you can go n- no more client work and kind of focus on this because that's essentially what I did for Swim University. It was just uh, website design, you know. So it's technically coding, you know, but but it was like I'm going to help people design their websites. And at the same time, I'm going to spend my off hours doing, you know, and then you might get the argument that like, well, I have kids, you know, it's like, (sighs) (sighs) yeah, yeah, Yeah,
1: they're great. People love them.
2: It makes, it makes it, it, I mean, I don't, so I, it's hard to say, but it does make that more difficult for sure. You know, time is, you, you know, figuring that I'm again, not the expert, but, uh, yeah, that's what I would say. All right. That Perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, I, it's that, a long time since I've had to think about like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I try to, thanks for putting up with me. I try to ask
2: it's, it's, questions. It's the right, so the right, I almost yeah.
1: sound like an asshole. But because I know when I listen to podcasts and they just make it sound like, oh, yeah, you just do one, two, three. Boom. You did, I mean, you prefaced with longer, uh, harder. So and, I say, uh,
2: when I say digital product, it, software definitely counts, right? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I just think the margins there are so there's like there's no overhead to sell them and the and the supply is endless I've, and you can charge an insane amount of money for digital stuff depending on what it is right um for me I feel like why would you and I and I say this going into this side of things shortly to, to test it out but it's like why would you ever sell anything physical <laughs> it makes no sense um, I understand why but I'm just saying that like, there's so much more overhead with like shipping and like development and, and all that, uh, customer service. But yeah, I mean, software's hard. I mean, I'll, I'll, sure, you know, that's not easy either uh, by any means. I think I think what I do and the product that I sell could not be easier. Like I just and it just so happens to fit with what I do for a living. So it's like or what my skill set is. So it's like having a course is just. It's so easy. It's just an easy, like, product to sell.
0: Yeah, it seems like we're in the golden age of side hustles because you can write one piece of software, throw it on the internet, and by a piece of software, I might mean a website or or, or create content, and then it's accessible to billions of people. Like, there's never been a better time on earth to be doing this type of work or to be considering these kind of hustles, right? And
2: I do think, yeah, I agree, and I think, you know, Everyone always starts out with some kind of if you want to work for yourself, I think the service thing is the absolute like quickest way to like start. Even if you want to be location independent, like having a service is great. It does require more work with like the sales side of it. Like you do like when I was doing, uh, you know, uh, website design, I was literally driving to pool stores. That's where I started because I knew both worlds. I would drive to pool stores and. And I would and I would walk in the store and I would with my laptop and I'd say I designed this your competitor's store I want to do your website too pay me money and then that's why I was a bad salesman because I would say those exact words and I never closed <laughs> they were like who are you I'm like oh. I'm like that's a porn site I'm like oh shit sorry wrong wrong uh, oh boy uh, this one um, so yeah like that is for me uh, the the thing that, like, it, it that was the hardest part for me. Sitting down in front of the computer, knocking out a website design, like, all day, every day, mm-hmm. eyes closed. Going out into a store and having to, like, put myself out there, way harder. So, yeah. Right on.
0: I, I have one follow-up question. You said a number that kind of surprised me. And you said, uh, give it four years. So, yeah. my question is, four years to what? To make a profit or to be able to live off that
2: money? Yeah, to be at your... I... I say that because it sort of sets expectations. I think a lot of people – I'm not going to generalize. Some people will hear this and some people have heard other like the the gurus in the space go like, it's so – like you were saying, like it's so fucking easy. Like anybody can do it. And they like try for six months and they're like, it didn't work. This sucks. And they give up. And it's like – yeah, man, it's gonna take way longer. Like it, like you have to give it. And so for me, I, I say give it the old college try, even though that doesn't really <laughs> that's apply a, that, to me. That's a two week thing. Yeah, for it's, you. it's a two week <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, give it the old, you know, high school try of four years. And I think like, and and just, and I think that just, I'm just setting expectations when I say that to be like. You know, and I've talked to enough online business owners where like that seems to be like in the rough general area where they're like, oh, yeah, that like four years I was able to basically do the asset thing. You know, like the asset started to pay off, you know, because they worked on it and and they were able to like trans- transition away from client work or their day job into their asset business. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's I think it's and that's a I mean, I think it's great to have like. It's the same thing if you if you didn't want to do your own business, right? If you worked a job and you got paid, you better have an asset, right? because like, that money's got to go somewhere to something that's going to earn you more money, and that could be a business, that could be a house, that could more multiple houses, that could be just the stock market, you, you know, index funds, whatever, it, whatever it, it comes in many forms. Business is just one of them, and I think more the more, and I think business is the most like bang for your buck, but requires the most time.
0: Yeah. I have one other comment and this might be a this might be a question might be a comment but you said something earlier the term I never heard this before but passion mashing I yeah. think is what you said and yeah your thing was pools and like uh internet stuff like videos that I think there's a lot of power to that cuz everyone's passionate about something that was I've got some weird relatives and they're telling me there's a group of people passionate about my little pony so dog I don't know if that's your thing it's not my Are you thing a brony? Is that what it's called? Brony? <laughs> yeah, brony. Bro- 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 okay.
2: A man that likes My Little Pony, or a brony. Really? Yeah.
0: So if you're a brony, I guess you could have a YouTube or Instagram or whatever the hell those people do s- on so, sticking online and. Yeah. You know, there's something for everyone.
2: It's a formula for creativity. It's, I think it's kind of just, you know, it's like name two things you're good at, you know, and see if there's a way to mash them together. You know, if you're good at, if you just have the gift of gab. And you're also into My Little Pony. Maybe a My Little Pony podcast is a great, you know, like passion mashing project for you. Um, you know, maybe you're good at uh, home brewing, and you're passionate about uh, forestry. Like maybe you know, and so you make you know tree beers, or like you know, you start to use like nature in your brewing and you like all, oh, like all of your beers are unique now because it's like, it's all foraged, you know, stuff from around your local area and that's your like entire, and then you could start an entire brewery based on that alone, you yeah. know? Cause it's like, Oh, it's so creative. Like no one's done, literally no one's done that idea. So if anybody wants to take that, I mean, <laughs> you know, like mushroom beer,
0: yeah, that is a thing, right? There's a brewery in uh, Illinois yeah. that does that, right? I but can't... if
2: I'm, imagine an entire brewery that all they like every single one of their beers incorporated some like like local nature mm. piece. That's never been done. Yeah, could or, be a little could be a little, little spin that puts them over the edge. You know?
0: Are That's... are you a Brony man or
2: my Brony? No, I've uh, never but... seen the original or the remake, but I do know they exist. I, I know a lot about it, but I don't. Um, I don't. I don't watch it now. I think I watched a documentary on bronies. Jesus, I think I, I did. I think it was on Netflix or something. Really? Yeah, I think that's why I know about it.
1: Okay. Yeah, you you know. I know a more bit. than I yeah, would yeah, have expected. It's a, thing.
2: It's a subculture. Yeah, I think sure. you know
0: more than you should. But maybe this is an no, opportunity I'm more of a furry.
2: for. That's, like, that's my thing. <laughs> oh God!
0: <laughs> it takes a turn for the worse again. But maybe this is an opportunity for a beer, my little brony. What kind of beer, Doug? Would that be if? Matt Brood, my little brony. <laughs> Ooh.
1: I don't know, some sort of a farmhouse thing, probably. You know what
2: I, I I know exactly what it would be. It'd be a New England IPA with that glitter stuff in it, that edible oh, glitter. Nice. Have you ever had one of those beers? No. They're insanely <laughs> they're insane looking. They look like straight up like glitter potion. Wait, but what? it's edible glitter.
0: Okay, so this brings up another question. If you after you've drank and uh, after you've drunk a couple of these and you're yes. pissing out in your backyard in the moonlight does your pee have a beautiful glitter rainbow or do you, do you think uh, or i don't know that do, i don't know
2: the, but i'm willing to test it does,
0: does the glitter make a reappearance is what i want to know
2: does it actually dissolve or does it just pass right through like yeah. like corn <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's a good question like gonna yeah, have to get it, some yeah, like, glitter what right? is it your kidneys that filter out no no your, or your liver that filters yeah, out yeah both so I don't know. Passion matching. Passion matching.
0: There's only one way to find out. Yeah.
2: We will. Jesus. Yeah. All right. I have a few
1: ideas for things to push together, but we can't even do it on the outtake. So I'm going to have to tell you guys when we stop recording. Okay. So, so I have some pretty funny ones, okay. but I can't even say it out loud. Really? It's that
2: that bad. It's pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. All right. I am intrigued. <laughs> I can't even imagine what that could be
1: all right okay so moving on a little bit you mentioned podcasting before Ah. you've been a part of two podcasts at least Mm -hmm. uh actually maybe more than that but uh, one very large and uh, just curious some of your thoughts on podcasting and you could tell us your your history with podcasting. yeah yeah yeah.
2: so i i started a podcast called listen money matters that i i it's been a while since i checked uh i I did the first 50 episodes with Andrew. We did all that in a year. Um, I quit the podcast. It was with uh, Andrew Fiebert and Thomas Frank for three years after that. And then I came back for the last two years. Um, I think that podcast is still up there in the ranking, I think. And iTunes, Hmm. I don't know. It's been a while since I checked. Uh, That podcast did very well in the very beginning. The first year... Uh, we were at the first podcast movement. Um, we were we were trying to make it a thing, and it didn't work out. What um, year? Sorry, 2000. We started it in 2013, November 2013. 2014 was the year we like did daily episodes. Like we pushed the we pushed it, and we yeah. we were able to get to what was it? I think it was like about the end of 2014. It was like 10 thousand downloads an episode, which was big at the time, and then it's been, now it's like, I think it gets like 80 to a hundred thousand downloads an episode or something like that. It's insanely huge. Right. Um, but it's always struggled with, uh, getting ads and, and it, it makes money, but like not enough to, you know, I think it's just like, it, there was just never enough, uh, passion behind it to make it like really, mm. truly work and really, truly be monetized. Unfortunately. um, and we, because of the nature of the show, we had problems getting advertisers, too. Because like we cursed. We drank beer. You guys don't know anything about that. But that's what we did. And uh, and so we we had a hard time getting advertisers in the financial space. Because they're like, oh, well, you curse. And so Vanguard wants nothing to do with you. And it's yeah. like, oh.
1: Hey, guess what? People cuss.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how people talk sometimes. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was like the beer was a problem. And the, and the cursing was a problem. And our music in the beginning was heavy metal. Cause it was, I was trying to emulate uh, like the shock jock sort of um, style without being like a complete, without being a bunch of dickheads, Um, but but about personal finance because I thought that would make personal finance more like, oh, this is like what I listen to in the morning when I go to work, like, and it's, you know uh people riding sex machines or whatever they do on radio anymore. <laughs> um so it was like it, it was all it was just like it just had like the packaging of that without that. Um and it worked. It was the formula that worked. I think it it I think it sort of paved the way for a lot of like new personal finance shows that are like m- much more comfortable with, you know, just being honest and being like you know, here we are. You know, I guess as an example. But um, I love podcasting. It is like if it if I could make it work, it's all I would do. I could talk on this thing in silence, like or in silence. That's stupid. Alone, uh, yeah, <laughs>
0: alone
2: all day. I am. Uh, I love broadcasting. I I studied broadcasting a little bit in high school. It's what I went to college for, but never. But I had to take all the beginning, like I had to take what do they call it, prerequisites before he could like get into yeah, the actual yeah. broadcast. Like all I wanted to do in college was just be on the radio at college. And it was just like, no, you need to be a junior before you can be on the radio. And I'm like, this, 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 sucks. Yeah. Like I'm just going to go get a radio job. But yeah, I, I was on like local radio as a kid. And um, I just love that yeah, medium. Yeah. I just love it so much. It's cool. I just wish I could make it work. And I've tried multiple iterations of it. And I feel like I could never get the traction to kind of push it forward. Uh, and I, and I certainly gave it enough time, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, in one, um, well, I want you to talk about some of the uh, other podcasts you've done too. Okay. But I was going to say with listen, money matters. I mean, there's, you guys were sort of on the front end of like podcast growth, yeah. like very much on the front yeah. end. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't feel like it at the time. Maybe it oh, felt so it, saturated, but uh,
2: uh, a little bit. Yeah, now okay. that I think
1: about it, I mean, the, well, they, they had a whole conference at, at that point. It was it's the like first. There year. was a conference. It was the first
2: year for that. Con- um, it was in two thousand fifteen. Was, was it? Or no, no, no. Two thousand fourteen was the first conference. Yeah,
1: but you guys were a little ahead of the curve because I think, like, I have a very small podcast. Uh, not not this one, and yeah. it's uh, it does well. I make very good money on it, and it's it's very niche. It's very specific, but at the same time, I think people now now in 2021 they recognize they want to get in front of audiences, yeah. and now you know I wonder with 100,000
2: you know downloads or whatever, 80 or even 50, yeah, um, that's can, a lot man. of people. Like yeah, that's it's a, a lot, lot of people. people. Um, and you sell ads, I'm assuming. Yeah, I do, that, and yeah. that's I think the biggest that's the hurdle for me personally. Yeah. It's just that like, I am all about the creative side of things when it comes to podcasting. I, the, the ad part, I, I would love to have partnerships, but I can't be the person that manages it. Like right. I, I just, I am, um, I don't like being told what to do just in general. So, uh, I think that's why, like I've, I avoid <laughs> partnerships at all costs nowadays. I've tried so many partnerships and I just avoid it. Cause like, I just hate being like held uh you know being told what to do because I can I'm I'm already like I'm not a lazy person by any means. Um and so like when someone's just like you need to do that, I'm like, I do way more than that. Like I I, you know, don't tell me what to do. It's like lock, right? Don't tell me what I can't do. Um so I think that's the reason why unfortunately that medium doesn't work for me uh unless there was somebody there that like Handled all that stuff. And they were like, you have to do an ad. Mm And I I love reading ads. I really, truly love reading ads. I love reading an ad and just like, messing with it like in real time i think it's like so much fun
1: yes yeah well and i keep telling you about the bill burn you know you yeah to oh my show God, stuff. that's like and that's the that's like the idea that i wanted to go after because he obviously doesn't give a shit yeah he's doing his thing anyway the and problem like, is
2: is that like I he get, has a producer yeah yeah but i also get every time i've ever done that it's like uh, you didn't say this word right i'm like Get out! I'm well, done. Fire I'm the, done. You yeah. fire that advertisement. I know. I just. Yeah. But it's. We're not Bill Bird too. No, that's true. <laughs> but it's just like it's the. There's this like yeah yeah. But I do love the medium. Like I. It's awesome. This is this is not. I'm not done podcasting. I have ideas, and I do want to do stuff. I think they'll be more uh, short-lived. Meaning, like there are going to be like one podcast one season or a group of episodes and then I can move on to the next thing because I, after, you know, 20 years of doing stuff like this, I kind of figured out who I am. I'm not a consistent producer, which I mentioned earlier. I, I am a person that like just goes whole hog in on a project and like literally will forget what time it is, what day it is. And, like, have this, like, incredible focus. And then when it's done, it's, like, this huge relief. And I feel great. And it's, like, what's next? That I need to be challenged constantly. But if I have to show up every Wednesday and do the same thing, it's, like, it's going – the quality is going to suffer because I didn't – I don't have that, like, deep work sort of uh, mentality. But, again, like – you know, I, we, when I did, so I did money lab was my other podcast. So I had, that had two generations. It was an audio only podcast for like the first two years. And then this third year short lived was a video live, YouTube live thing, which I liked too. Um, it just never really, it never really made any money. And it was like, and it became like in the beginning, I was like gung ho because it was a new project. And then, Oh shit, it's Wednesday. You have to do it again. I'm like, Uh, all right. Like, uh, what's today's episode? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, and I was kind of looking around like on a note card and it's like, all right, hit live. And it's like, this, that show sucks because I didn't come with like fucking printed notes for, you know, like stuff like that. So, um, I think when I was doing the audio version with Andrew, I had Steph be the producer. So I showed up on Thursday and there would be a full episode, you know, in a Google Doc, ready for me, and we could just go. And it was like perfect. Every I didn't have to like once I hit rec- I would hit record and I would stop, and that was the extent of my work. I did the thing that I was good at, which was like that, you know, being on the microphone. Right. That stopped because the podcast wasn't making any money because. I don't know. We weren't getting ads. Yeah. I mean, you know, so Dang. that's the, that's the iteration.
0: Was, was that a lost reference? Don't, I thought, yeah, I heard you say lock.
2: Don't tell me <laughs> what a, what I can't know, do. That's yeah.
0: Yeah. That was yeah, a great yeah. show except for the ending. Mad.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean like, yeah. Don't tell Locke what he can't do.
0: Yeah. It kind it's of also both. a
2: Monin song if you guys are into Monin.
0: Okay. So I, I think you hit upon something really, really important. You said, I don't like being told what to do. And I think that's kind of, To find your life, it's maybe why you didn't go to college and you wanted to do your own shit. And I think there's a lot of power in that, too. Because when you don't have a boss, when you're just doing something because you want to do it, you're going to do a lot better job at it because you're passionate. You don't have anyone breathing down your neck. You're not confined to do it. in certain hours, no one's Mm -hmm. giving you an outline. You're just – you're doing whatever the hell you want to do. There's a lot of –
2: And I want to do a lot. Yeah. You know? Um, I had a boss – that, I mean, I like, the thing is, is like every boss I've ever had, I liked, but they were also the reason I didn't want to, like, they're also the sole reason I, I do what I do now, mm-hmm. because I always thought in my head, I could do that. Like, they're not any, not that they, I never thought they were better than me, but they, they never, maybe they just met the wrong people in my life, but like, no one ever felt like a mentor. And I've, I've dissected this, so that's why I'm going into some sort of, like, um, pop psychology here. But I think it stems from me being 13 years old, working in a pool store, and having a bunch of fucking adults who, who own pools run in the store going, like, my pool's green. I don't know what to do. And they're asking a 13-year-old prepubescent boy, like, what do I do with my house And I go, oh, sir, you just have to, you know, shot them. Well, give me your water. I'll still do it. I'll do the sample and I'll the test stuff for you. And it's like, I just felt early on in my life that like adults are not smart or special or superheroes. I learned that like, wait a minute, I'm smarter than them in this one thing and like in this like sliver of an industry. But like, that is a lot of power. That's a lot of power to give somebody, I think. So, like, I, you know, and I, and I took that and went, when someone comes, it like, it, it, it was a power trip where, like, if someone came in, like, I took a lot of pride in when they would ask me, like, hey, I have this O ring for, and I go, what's the pump? And they're like, this, I'm like, do you have the model number on you? And I'm like, yeah, read it out loud. And I'm like, okay. And I would just be able to grab the O ring and, like, there's your O ring. Cause I would, I would just memorize <laughs> like part numbers and, and I just, and to me, like, knowing all that was like a superpower. Right. Cause it's like an adult comes in, I'm six, you know, 13, 16, whatever. And I'm just like, Oh, this is your, yep. Here you go. Like pull it off the back of the shelf. Like, boom, here you go. Like, how'd you do that? Like, this is all I think about all day long. Like it's, I've seen, I've seen people like you a million times today. I think that is what (laughs) like, made me such an anti authoritarian type of person. And my dad being a hippie, I think also like drilled it into my head, like, you know, don't trust the government kind of, not that I don't trust the government, but like, I don't trust the government. I think that's a healthy thing to do. I I mean, I just don't trust adults in general. Like I think all adults are the same. You know, you could be a really stupid adult and you could be a really smart adult. And the same is true the opposite way. You could be a really smart kid or a really dumb kid. It's like, Age does not determine wisdom.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've got one other experience,
2: but not wisdom.
0: Yeah, I've got one other follow-up question for you. You said you had issues selling ads on the podcast Mm. because you use profanity and you're heavy metal. But then I think things have changed. You you see, like uh, like Joe Rogan uses a lot of profanity talks, uh, but
2: doesn't he only sell like he only sells like supplements and shit, right?
0: No, he, he has had some mainstream, stuff. mainstream
2: stuff. Okay,
0: but I think so. He got like a hundred million dollar. Like uh, I think Spotify's Spotify is paying yeah. him a hundred million dollars. So I wonder if things have kind of changed and maybe. Oh, s-
2: for sure. Okay.
0: So do you think you would be more successful even if you did everything the exact same as I, you did back then? Right now, do you so think you could?
2: I, yeah, I think listen, List money matters. Had it had had it gone down the way it should have went down, which was like in, in the beginning, um, you know. I was in charge of building up the podcast and getting like, it was not my idea, but like I knew all the technical sides of like the audio engineering and like producing the show. I edited the show, you know, and then Andrew was supposed to be like the money person. Like the guy that's like, we're going to monetize this. But the only way to monetize a podcast at the time was advertising and still is. He, he realized also that selling advertising sucks For him, like he hated doing it, I hated doing it, and then he was like, oh, I want to do software, and I'm like, oh, well, now, now we're in a, like, now, I don't know, like, that's a whole nother business. So, like, now we have to wait another two years to, like, build the right software and come up with the idea for the product when we have a successful show and we could be selling advertising right now, and... So I, that's why I left, to be honest, because it's like I couldn't wait another year to like earn money from this thing that was actually successful and in in terms of downloads, but not in terms of dollars. And we did have sponsors. Like I remember, Betterment was one of our like first sponsors, and we actually went to their offices and. But man, trying to get them to buy a spot on a show they've never they never ad- advertised on the podcast before. So like. It was really kind of like an up, you know. We were really fighting uphill to figure out like what to charge for it, you know, and what what we were going to say, and 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 it was a lot of. I think just bec- there was a lot of taxing back and forth, which is which Andrew and I both were not good at, um, and he wasn't even good. And he'll admit, like, not even good at podcasting. So like he was a he was a really a fish out of water. But what? But he had a, he had knowledge about money and that's where his his strength was um and our chemistry was potent but both of us did no idea how to sell sponsorships and we both hated it and so it sort of just kind of fizzled out you know died out
0: it it sounds like it could have been like i think uh my wife she has a podcast which has similar numbers to you and they do they make a lot with their ads if you just had a competent if you would have been able to find a competent person to like do the cold calling yeah. and all that horrible yeah. shit. Like I don't like that either. No, and, and I
2: we we I hired multiple people to do that on swimming diversity uh, with just dismal okay. like effect, like just awful. Yeah,
0: it's hard to find a good person. Hard something. to find a
2: good person. It's a lot it's a lot of like back and forth. It's a lot of training. It's just like it's just a taxing thing. It's lucrative. But the other part about doing that is, and it's the, you know, this is where I kind of like, I learned who I am as a person, how I work. And I learned that like that for that business model to be successful for Joe Rogan, as an example, to be successful, he has to show up three times a week or two times a week or whatever. And he has to like always be that person. And constantly have to put it out. And as soon as he stops doing that show, it's all over. Like the money just stops. And that to me doesn't feel like an asset in the, in the sense of like, I feel like an asset is something that you can make and it pays off in perpetuity. Um, And those are really, I mean, there are a few, they don't really, you know, there's not a lot of those things, especially in business. But like, I've, I know a lot of YouTubers who that's how they make their money is with ads. And they're like, the ad company's like, you know, you need to do the more videos they do a month, the more money they make. So they're just like cranking out videos. That's a recipe for burnout, no matter what, you know, It's like, yeah. and I've watched a bunch of like big, big YouTubers burn out for that reason. And that reason alone is like, they have to create something and then they have to make something because an advertiser wants them to make a video. And they're like, well, I don't have an idea. Shit! I gotta pump. I gotta like crap something out, and what they crap out <laughs> is crap. Is crap, and then they feel like a shitty creator, and then it just becomes this vicious cycle of like, what am I actually do? Like, who do I work for? Who's my, you know, am I the boss or is all these clients bosses? And and so like, um, I I I'm not saying all YouTubers or podcasters are like that. I think there's a lot of people who find awesome balance. And who know themselves and are willing to say no to advertisers. No, we don't do that. It's like, okay, cool. And that was how we operated at Swim University. We're like, you know, a lot of people just like wanted us to change our entire blog post. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, we're not. We're, you're just sponsoring. You're not, you don't get to control the content. Even though all marketers, that's what they want to do. They want to control the content, but you just tell them no. And saying no sometimes leads to they fire you, which I get extremely uh, upset by. I don't like when people, I don't like when just regular people, like, yeah. just say, like, oh, I don't want to do that. And I go, oh, I feel, I just, it, it hurts me. So, like, the less, and I think I'm just protecting myself by not working with other people. And dis- I hate disappointing people. Mm. So, and not, and I, you know, I could work on that as a person to be like, don't take it so hard, you know, whatever. It's who I am. I figured it out. So avoid it. You sure. Know, like, don't do that and, you know, find something else that doesn't hurt you and, you know, yeah. who you are.
1: And I, I was going to say that in the way you phrased it, they've fired you, but really you, you said, no, we don't want to do that. Yeah, we don't want to do that. It, so, I mean... I like to frame it that you fired them, which is still a confrontational situation, Yeah, but I I have no
2: issue firing people. I'm an asshole. Dude. I, (laughs) (laughs) I wish I, I wish I, I don't, my, my skin is not like, I feel like I feel bad firing. I don't, I've not fired a lot of people in my life. Um, but I, but when I, when I had to, it was like, it hurt hard. Like I, I have, Maybe it's like an inc- it's like stupid empathy. I just like feel yeah. everyone else's pain before they even feel it. It's rough. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I said that it was I a joke. Jer- I, wish- I have had to fire people like in the corporate gig. Did you have to do that ever, Carl? Like, fire I,
0: I've never fired. Well, I fired people in my uh, personal life, like construction stuff, but they deserve really? to be fired. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: see, I would make I would feel so bad.
0: You, you, you know, I'm the type of person who would feel bad, but they're the stuff they did was so atrocious and I could tell they didn't give a shit and there was no quality, no pride to work and just Mickey Mouse stuff. So I didn't feel bad, but yeah. usually I would be the type if they had been putting any effort into it, if I felt like I could have worked with them, it would have been different. But see, to- I
2: need a GC like, cause even in this, even in this space, which I GC myself, uh, the drywall is bad. And I, I called and I expressed compassion complaints and they're like well yeah we'll come out and fix it but you don't have to, we'll have to charge you i'm like no forget it like i'm already i already have like the whole thing planned so like you just screwed me up like you just made it worse and yeah. and i was just felt i didn't like i didn't i didn't i didn't stand up and like do what i probably should have done which was like be like no man you have two days come out and fix it or i'm or i don't know what do you do <laughs> i guess what do you yeah. do in that case you know you don't yeah, if you've He's paid still- them
0: already, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, you're kinda screwed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So
1: good news. You may revisit podcasting. It's not over. Yeah, oh no, 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 no. And um, it may be I have all the equipment. I'm I'm I mean I'm locked in. All right, so we'll we'll keep an eye out for that. I'm excited. I know a lot of people that listen to your shows <laughs> yeah. and they were very sad when you stopped producing them. So yeah. they'll be looking for yeah, projects.
2: It'll, I think it'll be a like Little, like, little individual podcasts. Like, multiple kind of, like, project. Pro, you know, a project podcast. Yeah. As opposed to, like, every week, same time, same place. Yeah. You'll go
1: down with a couple of kegs of beer down to the studio. Yeah. Get blasted yep. for a weekend. Record a bunch of stuff. And then Man, you got I wanna, a season.
2: I want to make a season or I want to make, a, like, a movie version of a podcast. Or, like, a, or like a short, like, a, a mini-series of a podcast. Like, that feels more the kind of thing I like to do, I like to do. And it fits more of like, and again, took me years and years to figure this out <laughs> as a person. But like, I work very well when it's like, I put everything I have into like one thing and like I publish it and I'm like, ah, and I can't wait to do, to, to do the next one. But I can't do that every week. Like if I'm tied to like a schedule, I'm like, Oh no, no, no. no, no. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm going to burn out. Got it.
1: All right. Let's shift gears into some of the five space. And yeah. I believe you published um, something about retiring kind of in the near term. And just, can you explain what was in that blog post and some of the, you know, the plans you have in the near future? Yeah.
2: So I have a, <laughs> I have a post that's called, Oh, the, the thing's still in it. The blue thing. <laughs> I really need to take those out because <laughs> it happens all the time. So, um, should, I, should I wait for him, or do you think I should just do it?
1: Uh, yeah, let's <laughs> let's. let's uh, totally. re, yeah,
2: we'll wait till he gets all back. Right. Let's, let's, so uh, I have and God. <laughs> go. <laughs> so I I uh... what's the question now? I can I can completely forget. <laughs> Oh, fi and return, return or uh, retiring. retiring. So i I have a um a post on Money Lab called the Lifestyle Business Manifesto, and I wrote this. Was it 2020 or 2019? No, definitely 2020. Um, there's a trigger warning in the beginning of that post. So, like, if you're there's a lot of death in the beginning of that post, but like the rest of the post is basically me sort of declaring that what I do is a lifestyle business and I've always kind of like treated what I do as like I want to be this huge mega like multi you know asset media company. And uh I finally like it wasn't a money thing too. I think a lot I think I criticized a lot of people kind of personally who were like I run a lifestyle business. You know it's like Oh, okay. So you were too, you like, so the whole regular business, like the big business didn't work out. So like, you just sort of like, now you say you have a lifestyle business. Um, and I was, I kind of thought that for the longest time. And then, um, I moved. So I had a, a, a family, a couple of family tragedies happened, one major one, and it sort of re shifted kind of like what my priorities were in life in general, and I was like, fuck, I don't want to be this like, you know, CEO of this major company. Like, I want to be here. I want to brew beer. I want to like hang. I love hanging out. And so I realized I'm like, wow, I make plenty of money. Like I make almost sometimes a little too much, if, I, if I'm being honest. And I go, like, um, this is. This is the, how could you ask for anything better than this? So I kind of just declared like I am done, you know, in, like, in the sense that like I achieved exactly what I want to achieve when I was, you know, in my earlier goals. And now my next achievement is to basically be able to say with confidence that I am 100 percent retired um, at 40 is my goal. I'm there. I'll be 38 in August. So in another two months, I'll be 38. And retirement to me is not meaning like I don't work. I'm always going to work. Obviously we always said that in the five community, right? It's like, yeah, it's a retire early part. Like we don't, you know, what does that really mean? Um, But for me, it's the, the, the sort of like the financial independence. I already kind of have that, right? It's already there. But the idea of retirement for me is I have enough money in the bank Where if everything went to shit, my entire business went to shit, uh, I would be able to survive for the rest of my life in, you know, in this house, paying my bills uh, on the money that I have, you know, and so, uh, you know, for me to achieve that, it requires a certain amount of money in the bank and not just in the bank and cash, but in the bank and like index funds and paying me off. you know, being able to like take a 4% cut or a 3.5% cut, you know, every single year. And sort of live off that for the rest of my life. So that is the goal for me. I'm not there yet. Um or I, t- for me to say that. I am there in the sense that like I am technically financially in- financially independent because, you know, I don't have to ever really worry about money anymore, but um I do have to I do want to be able to say that I have officially retired at 40 years old. And if that, that makes sense.
1: Yes. That that's Great summary. So I'm curious. So you you say retire, but really you just mean f- financially independent with X amount per the four percent rule. Is that?
2: Yeah. So like it. So so my financial independence is is currently dependent on my business being alive and well and functioning. Retiring early is that goes away, and I can still live a life financially without that thing paying me sure got if it. that makes sense yep so you have cash flow
1: from the business and, and i'll i'll jump in and connect a couple dots one is if you sold your business uh, that
2: could have that yeah uh, yes, so, so like it, so it's, the, it's that's why i say it's, it's an asset there. Yeah. it's
1: yeah. a huge giant asset yeah. worth a lot of money so huge ass Right. Yeah. Okay. So, very good. In the retirement thing, it gets funny when people are like, "You're going to stop working." It's like, "No, you're not really going to stop." Yeah. And it's like, "What does that
2: even mean?" It's not. It's more of a. It's more of a milestone as opposed to like a a a goal, right? It's not like, um, my so my goal is to like hoard enough money in the next two the the three years after you know this all this shit went down with me. To be like, all right, my mom's taken care of, my family's taken care of, like we're good, like you know, in a, in a very healthy, you know, we're not we're not good like Warren Buffett's kids are good, we're good like you know, I'm trying to think of <laughs> like
1: somebody like, like Carl's kids,
2: like Carl's kids are good, you know, like everyone's good, so like yeah, I, I it's it's like. Yeah, it's really, for me, it's about uh now, it's like, I, that's why I'm not even not even working as hard now, because where I'm working on things that are my true passion, you know, and like, and being okay with putting out work that doesn't have to earn anything, because I have the freedom and fe- flexibility to do that, which is why I say I'll never retire. I'll still work, I just probably won't be paid for that work, you know what I mean? I'll be Yoko Ono, and just like make like goofy fucking, out- screaming out. <laughs> Scream, or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That can't wait, can't wait for that. uh, You know, modern art days, my my modern art phase. Uh. (laughs) So yeah,
0: yeah. So what would? So you said retirement would mean working, and you know, I was reading a great book, and they said. The goal of life, I just read this yesterday, should not be happiness. That's pretty silly. And I think it is silly because you can achieve happiness in a lot of good and a lot of bad ways. But what you should go for is meaning and purpose because then happiness is a side effect like that. And a lot of times you get that through work. But work is a funny word too because when people think of work, it's going to some stupid office for 40 hours a week. And that's not what work has to be. It can be whatever you – it's something you do, some action, but it doesn't have to earn money. It could be something you do on your own time, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we need a redefinition of that, maybe separate it from financial benefit. It might earn money, even if you're not trying, but it doesn't yeah. have to if it gives you the meaning, purpose, and happiness, and makes you excited to wake up in the morning. That's what you're going for. That after, is everything, because right? yeah. it's
2: like, you know the people that retire and don't have anything to do, they just die early, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: it happened right? to my father, yep. Yeah, they
2: just like, hey, I, I can't wait to retire. Well, you better have something to do after Absolutely. you retire, because like I do think that all of us put here and without getting like, (laughs) I'm not a religious person or anything, but like we're born to work. Like that's what we're we're supposed to like contribute work. I don't really think anyone inherently wants to fuck off. Like, I just don't, I think everyone likes to be productive in some way, you know, um, you know, some people are better at it. Some people are, you know, there it's applied maybe in a, direction. It doesn't help anybody. It just helps themselves. Um, but it's, it's, we all have an ethic, you know, no one's just like literally laying in bed all day. Like you would get bed sores. That's why we get diseases when we don't do that, you know? So, uh, yeah, that, that idea of what makes you want to get up in the morning. I, I, I feel like I've always had that. And I, and I feel lucky because I've always kind of felt, I can't wait to wake up to do something. I've always, even in the shitty jobs that I've had, I've always liked it, which is weird. Like, I think it's because I never really worked a cubicle job, I never really had, I did have a cubicle job for six months, but like hated it, left it, you know, did my other thing. I didn't go to college, so I didn't have like an accounting, you know, I wasn't in accounting, like I didn't do any like, you know, your your your, those, you know, in a tech sort of jobs, right? I've always been somebody who worked at a company that was small enough where I could always be the right hand man to the owner of the company, which I always was because I was marketing and that's like really the second half of any business. So I always have been like a very high up, you know, employee at even the smallest companies. And so to me, I just I felt purpose in that I felt you know, but at the same time, I always was entrepreneurial. So I always knew that at some point I wasn't going to do that job anymore. I was always going to do this or something like along these lines. So that is what gets me up, you know, every day. But like now, what's the thing that's, what's the purpose? Well, the purpose for me now is family is like, how do I take care of like the people who can't be taken care of or like, you know, should be or need to be taken care of? Cause I'm, I'm, I can, I'm capable of that. So like, that's a new purpose, a new, one of my favorite purposes in, in life is taking something, um, inherently silly, very serious. That is, that drives me like nothing else in the world. Um, I, it's hard to explain. I'm not a comedian by any means, but like taking something that is stupid, like everyone would think it's stupid, but like do it very seriously. I think that's like the funnest like twist and reason to get up for me. Um, doesn't really apply to business all that well, but it is like that's my that's my retirement plan is like just do shit that is like Insanely audacious but like why why would anyone why (laughs) would anyone go that far to do something that stupid you know i I hear
0: bronies coming on I i could
2: do yeah it could be like no it's like it's like a brony amusement park like just for bronies like it's such a big ridiculous thing but it's taken so serious like it's like the world's like this is the best amusement park ever constructed for bronies that's weird Do you find it hard because you
1: have that strong work ethic and you want to create, do you find it hard to turn it off a little (laughs) bit? Because I struggle with this because I literally the last few years, I think and say, I want to throttle down a little bit and stop doing a few things yet. I keep doing a little bit more, even when I'm lopping like pieces of the business off, I'm still continuing to like work a little too hard.
2: I've gotten better at like, uh, the space part, but like me giving myself space, but I, yeah, that's, I mean, I, yeah, every day I struggle with that, which is like, you know, if I'm not putting my all into this other thing, I'll find something. like, I'll find something to, to put it towards. I get bored very easily. Like it takes, like if I'm, if I'm not doing something for like 15 minutes, I'm like, like, uh, Like, should we do something? Let's go out, do something. Let's like, I don't know. Let's go somewhere. It's like, I'm, I've always been that way as a kid. It was like, my parents would take us on vacation and I would, you know, whether like we're having this like huge beach vacation, be on the beach. And I'm like, you know, like, we're going to go on the go-karts or like, you guys (laughs) want to go to like miniature golf or like, we do like dinner. It's 10 AM, like chill. Let's just like hang out. Cause it's like, they want it vacation. I want it activities all day long, every day. Um, as I got older, like, yes, it, it, it's it's me trying to, like, take the that, – that energy still exists, right? So, uh, instead of battling it, I just funnel it in different areas. I try to funnel it into this, which is, like, this is – this has no payoff whatsoever. It's just – I can just – that's why I'm, like, going to have nine beers on tap because it's, mm-hmm. like, what – if I'm bored – Go make a beer. Put it on tap. Like, you know, go can a bunch of beers. Go, you know, invent a recipe. Like, all things that have nothing to do with my survival or, like, my financial uh, independence or whatever. Um, This hobby of homebrewing, which I've been doing for – since 2005. um, But seriously, since – 2015, 2015 was a year where, like, I, like, I had this like brief moment in Jersey where, like, when I own my own place, there was like two years where I took it very seriously, <laughs> I had a kegerator, all that stuff. When I moved out into Colorado, I'm like, it's always been something I wanted to do. This has always been something I've wanted to build, and I, and and so like when I got really serious, that's when the work started to actually slow down because. It was like I have something to do this weekend. I didn't have to like sit at the computer and do like a rap video or some or like a blog post or something. Like I, I rather be here. I'd rather like do this beer. I'd rather you know do. I had a hobby that like took up time, um, and that slowed me down in work and actually made me you know that and the tragedy was like the two things that sort of like I had like breaks put on and put on like my. Work, which was like, Hey man, like, I know you're, you've got all this energy and like, you're really driven and that's cool. But like, you know, try this or like move, like move, like turn, like, like divert that over here or divert some of that like energy over here. And so, yeah, having a hobby was really important and having like a new, like kind of like reason to live was a new, like was helpful in both of those areas.
0: Yeah, that struggle is real. uh, Your beach childhood thing, we were at the beach recently. I was looking around and uh, like I've gone on beach vacations, but when I say beach vacation, I am not laying on the beach. I look at people doing that and like, okay, that looks good for about like one minute, but you're laying there doing doing nothing. Like get up and do fucking. So when you go on beach vacations, we're like running up and down the beach or. uh,
2: Yeah, boogie boarding. God,
0: I can't stand sitting still like. It, this is the longest I could sit still right here. And it's because we're talking. I can't just. Yeah. And you have beer too. Yeah, The, the struggle is real. Yeah.
1: And, and I'm I'm with you on that. And I feel the same way. And I've planned vacations where like you're busy the whole time. It feels less like vacation. That's you're running late. I don't take you're, you're stressed out. Yeah. And you're like trying to do too much. And so all all that together, like I I see the people laying on the beach. And I'm not a beach person, by the way. Uh, I mean, I, I would go. But yeah. I think there's probably, especially with the meditation aspect, if you're like, you have to lay there. You have to get bored. You have to sit there for eight hours and not be hammered, which, I mean, I can sit on the beach. I, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean I beach, <laughs> like,
2: dude, if you're on the beach and, like, you have a cooler full of beer, I could sit there all the day. Yeah. Uh, but there's, like, I do think that there's a, uh, you know, like, people do have jobs. Where it sucks, like it's awful. It's the i like I have never been this way, so I don't. It's really hard for me to commiserate with, but and and I I don't mean this as like a you know like I a, a, I don't know I don't know how I mean it. I just mean that like I know people that live for the weekend, right? Like when they they can't wait for their day off because they know what they're gonna. They have everything. They their whole day off planned. I'm like I even when I work like all my like mm-hmm. normal day jobs like regular day. Like being off for me sucked because it's like, well, I'd rather, you know, like I, I know what I'm supposed to do at work. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do when I have time with yeah. myself. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so, I, yeah, I I don't go on. I'm like, no, I'm notoriously bad at two things that I think are kind of related. I'm notoriously bad at celebrating wins and I'm bad at taking vacation. Because to me, both of those things are, at, you know, admitting that you succeeded, which to me is, like, succeeded at what? Like, no, I'm not, I'm not the, ri- like, <laughs> I don't know what succeeding is, but, like, I'm not the richest person in the world, and I'm not the happiest person in the world. So, like, I didn't succeed. What did I really succeed at, you know? And, and, and like, also, um, with, with vacation, I'm so bad a vacation, Like, I am the... I don't... I, well, one, I don't like to travel, but, like, I'm just, like... I don't want to go anywhere. Like, I don't <laughs> want to... Do, I just... I like here. I like, my, I like my life. I like what I've done with it. And so I'm like, my life's a vacation. Why would I need to take a vacation? And I felt that way working at the pool store. Like, I felt like, dude, my life is fucking easy. You know, why would I need to... Like, my boss isn't riding my ass all day and is, like, a piece of shit and, like... I've never had that, so I don't know that sounds like privilege all day like <laughs> just dripping with it, but it's it I've I find like wor- working has always been like a kind of like I love working like I enjoy being incredibly productive so for me, vacation is like well, that's you know my sanctuary is and when I'm stressed or if I'm having like a really bad day or I'm having a bad week or a bad you know year. Work has always been the thing that I find comfort in. So, taking me away from that is sort of like the opposite. It's like, I have to, right. you know. It's a struggle. Yeah, I guess. It's a struggle. It's, it's, a, it's a weird sort of like, it's a, I feel it's a weird struggle. It's like the opposite.
1: Yeah. Right on. Any Anything else?
0: Maybe or, we need a working vacation. Like, uh, I think you've told me, Matt, that you've never been out of the country. Is that still true or?
2: It is pretty much true. I, I I have been to Vancouver. Okay. So.
0: Eh, technically. Yes.
2: Technically. Yeah. But technically. I drove to Vancouver from Seattle. But that's the, yeah, that's the only time I've ever left the country. I think And it should- felt like being in America. <laughs> it was like, oh, look at McDonald's here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should take a working vacation maybe to Oktoberfest or a Ugh. similar beer festival overseas. That, so,
2: so you say that? The only if I if I don't go to Oktoberfest or Cologne or Belgium before I die, I'll feel pretty bad. I, I guess if I'm on my deathbed and I'm like shit, I didn't go to those places. <laughs> like I'll be like, ah, should have went to those places before I was on my deathbed. Uh, to me, drinking through a town is work. <laughs> like that's because <laughs> I feel like it's research in a yes. way for me, and it's like, and it's like, I, and I'm living. I'm like going for. A, like a reason and experience and it's like you're constantly moving so like i don't need to be also working i just need to like i i don't know that feels like very active like you know yeah. a- mm-hmm. you know activity based so yeah yeah, I, yeah absolutely
0: yeah, yeah we could even do it on bicycles like go to belgium i think they have bike tours where they do that type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. sounds pretty awesome <sighs> do that all day yeah we could figure that out yeah, yeah it's easy. all right
1: Awesome. Well, any, any other thoughts?
0: Yeah, I do have a closing thought. Have we arrived there? It sounds like we have, maybe. I think so. Ooh. What time? is it? How long do
2: you guys n- normally do these? Uh, Until we're done. Well, as long as we nice. need That's to go. The
0: way to do it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a closing thought, but uh, yeah, my thought was. <laughs>
2: this is Jerry's corner. Is like, yeah, 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 Jerry Springer. <laughs>
0: all right, all right. So I got to go up and uh, put my time. Or
2: that, know, was all cool? that shit. Was our final thoughts. What was it called? It was. I don't even know. Yeah, what you're I think
0: about. it was the final thought, like the final Jerry thoughts?
2: Springer. Yeah, final Jerry thought. Springer's final thoughts. <laughs> Where you like sit down and do a little monologue at the
0: end. Dougie, you want to jump up and throw a chair at me or something like?
2: Yeah,
0: Steve, 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 whatever the hell, at a Jerry Springer. Yeah, I read a quote a long time ago, and it said something like, uh, "Most people love the cages or the that bind them, or some shit like that." Have you ever heard that one before? No. Or, uh, yeah, it goes like something like that.
2: Something the cages that bind you sounds like a thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that's true with a lot of people. A lot of people want a pretty defined path in life because that gives them comfort. They don't. They, they want to be told what to do, and I guess that's how yeah. society's structured. We need a lot more. Uh, we need a lot more followers and leaders. But I think about that and the the most successful people I know, the people doing the most incredible shit, aren't like that. They're people who've rejected all that and do whatever the fuck they want. I think of you. I think of uh, Pete, our mutual friend, Mr. Money Mustache. I think mm-hmm. of Alan Donegan, who also didn't go to school and just figured the shit out himself. These people are doing well, the favorite things, like the really good stuff. And uh, yeah, and uh, where was I going with that? Yeah, so you can sit there and you can be defined by society you can do what your family your work and all these other things expect of you or you can try to find your own path and and that's what you've done and i think there's a lot of power to that if you would have gone the traditional path you sure as hell wouldn't be where you are today and i think there's a lot of power in that yeah i wish i would have thought a little bit more independently instead of sitting in in a cube for two decades
2: Yeah, I do. I do think there are those, those people are, they exist and they can also do this work. You know, like I think that they actually (laughs) have a better time succeeding at it if they have a push because um, being told what to do and is, is comforting. It's like, you know, I, I I like, um, I know people like that. I think Steph is like that and not being told what to do, but like she loves, following like a a template like a pattern and 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 just kills it like and just just does like solid work all the time and i like that's a compliment to who i am because i'm the person that's like i have the big idea and it's like it's frantic and i can put a lot of work into one thing but then i need somebody that can sit down and like do the consistency work which i've never really been good at and i think um and my, I think my mom, my, my mom told me recently that there's like, there's like people who uh, there are task masters and task workers, like people who, like, create the task and people who, like, do the task, right? And that's a good thing. Like, you need both. Like, you need the person that comes up with the task to, to do and the person that likes doing the task. And I think that there's no, there's neither one of those things are better than the other thing. They're actually both necessary for anything to get done. And you know having a partnership where that is the case that's i think the the steve wozniak you know steve jobs partnership which is like steve jobs is the task creator and wozniak was the task master i'm not sure what the vernacular is but the idea that like there was i mean obviously that fell apart but you wouldn't have apple today if it wasn't for like that sort yeah. of like partnership so yeah i do think it's important i think those there are two different people and i think both people can succeed without following directions, but one of them is going to have a much easier time. Yeah. You know?
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, Matt, this has been amazing. Thanks for inviting us over. And sure. where, where can people find you if they want to check out some of the stuff you do?
2: I think the best part place is moneylab.co. Um, you know, that's just moneylab.co. All right. Where I kind of live and Twitter. Yeah. You're pretty active
1: on Twitter. Yeah, so Twitter. people can hit you up there. We'll put links for everything so yeah. you can get to it very easily. And, uh, Carl is putting <coughs> back on his glove, so I better stop the tape I it's uh, too hot for TV here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matthew <laughs> All right. Yeah. You just, you, you guys were talking
2: about Spanish something or other. other. You can hear me right in there. Check one, two. Yes. Yes. See I see if I can slide it. Th- can I slide this back without...
1: Yes. Cool. and yep and we'll check i'm i'm assuming you're going to talk louder um because that's just what you do my, bra- my <laughs> bravado so it's very
2: loud it's not bad
1: so carl what have you been up to this week i haven't seen you in a little while
2: uh
0: f- you your story can be familiar um yeah it's about as far as i can so get something with your family yeah my my family was here Uh we went to a brewery, uh Bom uh microbrewery. I don't know how, how, the, how do you say microbrewery in Spanish? That should be a name of a beer. Uh
2: cerveceria.
0: Cerveceria, yeah. Uh Bamosa Cerveceria. Um what one did we go to? I see the picture of it. Oh, it was Verboten in uh Whoa. Verboten and mm-hmm. Loveland. E Loveland Aleworks. Mm-hmm.
1: And, Loveland Aleworks. Yeah. Okay. I haven't been there.
0: Yeah, they're they're pretty good. Verboten and Loveland Aleworks is really good. Sours. I've always enjoyed yeah. their sours and For Bolton's pretty good, too. They had their uh, Stealth Haze IPA, which I thought was pretty decent. Good. Maybe like 7 out of 10.
2: Nice.
1: Then, uh, Matt, what have you been up to today?
2: Today, uh, I went to Whole Foods, and I bought uh, a bunch of chips, some seltzer water. I bought some Good Belly. I bought uh, some Lack. Uh, some vanilla beans. I bought some coriander seed for brewing. I'm going to make a, uh, at some point, I'm going to make a vanilla, or like a milkshake IPA. Ooh, those are good. So I got some lactose, got some vanilla beans, got some coriander, got uh, 55 pounds of Pilsner, 55 pounds of uh, two-row, 55 pounds of Maris Otter, and uh, that's it. And I'm here. That's I don't think awesome. I did anything this morning. What did I do this morning? I have did no idea what I did this morning.
1: Do you sleep in uh, pretty late? or you No. Early riser? Well,
2: so we would sleep when I, when I sleep upstairs, <laughs> it's, uh, I sleep pretty, or I get up pretty early because like the sun starts coming in at like seven and I'm like awake, but since it's been so hot, we've been sleeping in the basement where it's like ice cold and it's dark down there. Nice. So I'm sleeping till like eight, nine o'clock, which is sleeping in for me. That's great. So, uh, I slept until nine today. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I go to bed at ten, so it's like a lot it's like a lot of hours of sleep. You must feel amazing. I feel pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. I woke up at
1: like four thirty. As soon as there's any hint of sun, you just I, yeah. I'm like, I'm awake. The
2: sky's like dark blue. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just wake up, nothing
0: I could do. So
2: okay. Cool.
0: I think we sound pretty good. All right.